0: Well, hello, my dears. This is T. You're tuned in to Burning Tarot. We're going to have a very short little podcast episode today, and we're not going to draw a tarot card. If you're new here, that's our normal gig is we draw a tarot card. We dive into it. We do a reading, usually while we're taking a nature walk. It's loads of fun. It's a podcast I started in response to the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, you know, to be of service to my clients and pals who were stuck in cities while I was doing all this out here in the woods where I live in Oregon. And that was fun, and so I've kept doing it. Uh, recently, I posted our reading for the week or so, and our card was the Hermit. And I believe that that card will carry us through at least the first part of this eclipse season. But some of you have contacted me asking for, oh, you know, suggestions, advice about how to enjoy, handle, or do magic during the upcoming eclipses. So I won't pretend to be the world's grandest expert in eclipses, but um, and I think if if you are engaged with some of the magical, witchy, witchcraftery uh, communities, particularly as they spread online, and various magic-oriented groups, a lot will get said about eclipses being a portal. And I blathered on about this in the hermit episode, so... Go ahead and listen to that if you haven't already. And the thing about the Eclipse Portal is, um, and by the way, pardon my creaky sounds. I'm standing on my porch. I'm still sick, so I'm not out in the forest today. We are just hanging out on the porch. And it's kind of (coughs) nice even to be out here compared to being in bed. Um... So some people feel that there is almost some pressure that you have to kind of perform during the eclipse, that you have to respond to the happenings. So uh, on October 14th, here on the West Coast at 8 a.m., we will have an annular solar eclipse, which is characterized by what they call the Ring of Fire. And I was going to go camping and be right in the path of this eclipse uh, at a place called Fort Rock. But I'm sick and it's expected to be cloudy and or rainy. So I'm just going to be at home. So going out and experiencing this thing as a reality that, that you can get with is a wonderful response if you happen to have access to the eclipse's path. Uh, or the equivalent of of totality for an annular eclipse. Go do that. I got to do, I've gotten to see three total eclipses of the sun in my life, you know, in the path of totality. And um, especially the third one in 2017 was fucking astounding. So there's magic just baked into the experience if you get to have the experience. Um, if, if you are into astrology, if you've had me do your birth chart or had someone else do it and you see that one of these upcoming eclipses is going to hit some really sensitive points in your own chart or activate a bunch of stuff, you might want to respond quite fully to it. Um, I'm thinking of one client right now who like this this eclipse is happening like directly on their natal pluto which is kind of a big deal and it's heavily aspected in other ways so for that person we went through the birth chart and just talked about different approaches that that person might take to dealing with the eclipse or areas of life that might be activated or you know kind of rumbling as a result of the eclipse energy, but the whole idea of like here's the eclipse portal, here's the magic. Now you must do magicy things with it. Um, I find that kind of oppressive, frankly. Um, I'm saying um a lot today, so I'll say it again. um. um, um. Sure, there is great energy to the moment of eclipse. And to the whole eclipse portal, which in this case is like October and early November, depending how you calculate your portals. Um, I have done eclipse magic in the past, sometimes unwittingly. Like when I was in phases where I wasn't doing much astrology, I happened to do a ritual, like very closely around the time of an eclipse, and found that all this power much more power than, than maybe I can deal with was channeled into this ritual. I'm thinking of one in particular. Uh, and, you know, my ritual, it was, you know, it was a spell. It had desire in it. It had will. I was asking the universe for some stuff. And it was good stuff. It wasn't evil stuff. It was stuff to make the world a better place kind of, kind of things. Um, it all worked. And it had a huge amount of power behind it. And I was just flapping along like a rag doll, trying to keep up with it. Even though I'm the person who set it in motion, theoretically. If you are familiar with um, the magician's apprentice or the sorcerer's apprentice, or this uh, one one version is like the magician's nephew. Um, there's a wonderful one in Walt Disney's Fantasia movie where there's a sorcerer and Mickey Mouse is the apprentice. And so the apprentice is trying to do magic, and the problem isn't that the magic doesn't work because he's just a lowly mouse with large round ears. The problem is that the magic works too much, too well. So he's trying to get out of doing some work, and he magics the broomstick into splitting in half and becoming two broomsticks with arms that will carry the water from the well so that you know the sorcerer's apprentice doesn't have to do it himself and you know the broomstick splits and it splits again and soon there's 40 gazillion broomsticky guys running around carrying buckets of water and flooding everything you know, and Mickey Mouse is like, uh oh, waving his wand around, maybe his master's wand, going, oh, shit, how do I make this stop? And then, of course, the sorcerer's mad and all that stuff. Or strega nona, right? Strega nona with the spaghetti pot and her apprentice gets the magic pasta pot broiling and it makes so much pasta that it takes over the whole town, which doesn't go over very well. So that's kind of how I felt in my Eclipse magic level of expertise, you know. And I'm not exactly a newcomer to ritual magics, whatever you want to call all the things. Um, But it was humbling and made me realize that You know, it's not just superstition and uh, woo vibes that we collectively feel together that bring these energies up. Hmm, did you hear that? Dogs barking. Um, It's real energy, and if we snag into it, and we, we might think that we have the power to control it adequately, sometimes we really don't. So whatever it is you do for the eclipse and during this period of time, it's also, you know, Sawans coming, the veil is thinning between the worlds, we're going into autumn. So there's a lot going on in the woo realm. And you might feel exuberant about that. For you, it might be like, yeah, I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to do this ritual, and I'm going to go to this, you know, gathering of my coven. Well, do the things, but just be aware that some of the powers that you're playing with are going to be stronger than usual at this time of year. They're going to be stronger on the day of the eclipse. And that's the 14th, and then I don't remember. I think the other one's the 28th. Yeah, it's typically two weeks. Um... So, there's that, you know, I guess I'm just saying, be careful, and, and if you do feel pressure, which I often do, like, hey, the witches are supposed to be happy because it's Samhain halloween time, and get out your Day of the Dead altar, and do this and do that, you know, I, I get overwhelmed. I noticed it a lot more when my child was younger, because on Halloween night, you know, I'd want to take him and his little friends out trick-or-treating. And more often than not, I would just be like, husband, please take child out. You know, i take one picture of him cute in his costume, and then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be in the bath. So basically, the power of this season is a little too much for my delicate constitution. And you may find, if you're the kind of person that listens to Burning Tarot... Uh, some of you are sensitive,s in that particular way. So you're, you know, you may even without studying astrology, you may have all your life been hit really hard by things like eclipses or um, planets stationing before they go retrograde or direct. And um, so I invite you to consider that. The powers and interesting vibes of this season are optional. (laughs) You know, you don't have to go do a big ritual for this eclipse. And you don't have to celebrate Halloween or All Souls Day or any of that. Or your way of celebrating can be very protective. You can protect yourself. If you're easily overwhelmed... If you're very sensitive, this is a time of year where if you have a mediumship tendency or you have a lot of visitations from ancestors, this is traditionally the time of year where they're like, hey, and they come around. You know, the veil is thin. That whole phrase means that the membrane between the worlds, like this material concrete world that we live in concrete in more ways than one um I mean really the 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 veil between the worlds is always kind of porous and vague and it moves around and for some of us it's got big holes in it uh so if you're one of those people you too may feel overwhelmed during these times And so it may be for you less a time of mounting some kind of big Dia de los Muertos thing or um, doing a big piece of eclipse magic to let go of something. It might just be more like, let's do the calm magic of trying to get through this without going crazy. Of fortifying our walls if we need to, like if it feels like I can't. No, I don't want to talk to all the dead people right now, and I get like that sometimes because I'm I'm like a poorly controlled medium. I'm not like the people who are like here, call me for five hundred dollars an hour and I'll talk to your dead person, and some of them are for real, you guys. Uh, mine are much more like I'm not in control. The dead people or the dying people more often, or the recently dead, they come to me. So if I'm not in the mood to deal with all the dead people, and certainly nobody's paying me $500 an hour to deal with them, I have to spend this time, you know, instead of being like, hurrah, let's do the eclipse. You know, I got to be just taking care. (laughs) Just like, okay, mental health, physical health. My physical health has totally fallen apart in the last five or six weeks. Okay, I'm a chronic illness person. We, we know how to deal with this kind of uh, with a supportive family, thankfully for me. Um, but that's one way it can manifest. If you are really sensitive and you're not, you're not allowing yourself the kind of indulgence of going like, yeah, I'm woo-woo and sensitive and I'm going to sit this one out. Um, that's one way it can kind of clobber a person. So I think that's all I have to say about it, other than what's already in that nice long um, <clears throat> podcast episode about the hermit. And I might pop in and say something more specific next week about the upcoming lunar eclipse. But you guys can grab this one. Um, I'll upload it <coughs> Excuse me, before the solar, annular solar eclipse, or during around that time. I just wanted to reassure you that you don't really have to do anything about it. The eclipses are wild card times, so they may throw something your way that you can't really prepare for anyway. A little, you know, almost like Uranian energy. Um, if you do something deliberate, um, I think for this annular solar eclipse, where the moon is kind of subsumed at the center of the sun from the position of earth, from our eyes. It could be a good time for a letting go if you're really ready to do it. And you, um, <clears throat> as with any magic, are you willing to pay the price? <laughs> you know, when you direct energies, sometimes there is um you know we'll pay in some way energies will move and maybe we didn't predict where they were going to go so be careful be careful because it's powerful energy in addition to the power that you would bring to such a ritual any day of the week regardless of the uh, astrological configuration yeah and so i guess i'm hoping that that other folks who feel sensitive about this time of year or who feel exhausted tired or you might feel it as a nervous energy like a wound up or fluttery or anxious energy so for all of us who have those tendencies we all hereby have my permission to um to not do anything terribly exciting on the eclipse. We all have my permission to not do anything exciting on October 31st. We all have my permission to chill out when we need to, participate with other people when we need to, and protect our energies, as seems appropriate. So there you go. I'm not I'm not sure what kind of wisdom that is, but uh I felt very compelled to share it. If you are up for doing big exciting things this season, well, you know, I wish you the very best and I hope that everything works out super great and keen and lovely. And uh so for all y'all who are in that position, I'm not trying to rain on your parade or or diss your efforts to have a really conscious eclipse season and and really engage with it in some kind of magical way you're gonna rock it it'll be great and then those of us who are in the overwhelm category yeah we can just chill I will be doing some divination um I think that's something for those of us who do a lot of divination anyway um that's maybe an appropriate way to sit with the eclipse energy <clears throat> and gain something from all that power that's flowing without, uh, without involving our will too much, right? We're just pulling cards. We're just throwing runes. We're just uh, scrying in our crystal ball. It's, it's not like forcing our will or making a big prayer, a wish, a request, or a spell. So I feel pretty good about it that's an activity that we can do around these powerful times um uh, well okay some sometimes divination gets pretty fucking crazy too No, but for me I'm very very experienced at it so I'm not I'm just not worried about it but for you um pick something that you're already comfortable with and can control if you're, if you're like me and, and the eclipse energies are kind of winding you up. Um, so you're, maybe you're like, like me. Maybe you're a card reader. You could read some cards. Um, if you do things with your hands, like artistic or craft kind of process, that's wonderful as well. That's a great place to let energy flow. And you can let your mind flow while you do that. And it's just a different vibe from, you know, getting out there and being demanding of the universe and saying, here's the big power. I want to harness it. Me, me, me. Uh, if you want me to do divination or astrology for you, I do that. You just go to TiffanyLeeBrown.com and look for the shop link. And astrology is... Uh, we kind of have a wait list for that. It's going to be at least a month. Um... But that's pretty typical. Um, So if you do want to get your astrological, like your natal chart, your birth chart read, uh, go ahead and sign up. I'm just warning you that it'll be a while before you get your first reading. And once you've got that natal chart with me, then you can get kind of uh, special, you know, like I can do a special eclipse reading for you. But I'm not going to do that for you unless you've already bought the natal chart because that first step of me really researching your chart takes me some time. I need to get acquainted with uh with your stars you know and then there's you can just get a little tarot reading or whatever. the tarot readings um there's not really a wait list right now at all. I can get right to you if you want to purchase one of those take Anywhere from one to four days, probably, before you hear back from me. Um, Yeah, I guess that's about it. Uh, Enjoy this eclipse season, whether you leap into it, hide from it, (laughs) or get sick and uh, sniffle your way through it, which is what I seem to be doing. I'm T. This is Burning Tarot, and happy October.